This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friends. Today, I'm talking about something really personal. So in full disclosure, this episode will likely not be suitable for work if you're listening to it on a speaker or anything like that, because I do get fairly heated about this particular topic because I find there is way too much shame around food and I think it needs to stop. So get ready for some F-bombs. <laughs> I, I can't help it uh, because my passion may come pouring through this microphone right now and my adjective use may get let's say a little bit colorful. (laughs) Um, But ultimately, this episode, you know, it's titled food is not good or bad. And there's a reason for that. And that's because food doesn't doesn't have morality in terms of it being good or bad. Food just is. These are words that I live by. And I will continue to profess until my end of days. Food just is. We are what apply or give food meaning, or we apply the word good or bad or labels, any type of labels to a particular food. And honestly, the only way that a food is going to be quote unquote bad for you is if it's, you know, spoiled or expired or rotten or moldy or something to that regard. So think of it in terms of that way. And I will say this particular topic also seems to be a really hot topic with me and some of my followers and it seems to be triggering for some folks. And I will say it does invite some followers to bring their borderline or full-on orthorexic ways of thinking onto my page or onto my social media platforms. And I will say that while I do welcome opinions and thoughts or points of discussion, I do not welcome orthorexic ways of eating by centering your approach to food in an all or nothing way on my platform because that doesn't do anyone any good at all. And in the wellness and fitness industry, I do see coaches tout this quote unquote clean eating approach all too often, leaving folks that they work with floundering with self-doubt and shame around food. And this, this really does need to stop because shame doesn't belong in food. Again, food is food. And yes, you know, some foods and drinks, they do have more nutrients than others. And by nutrients, I do mean not just macronutrients in terms of protein, carbs, fats, you know, and alcohol, but I I mean the micronutrients, the vitamins and minerals that, that help you thrive in life, right? So yeah, some foods and drinks may have some more nutrients than others, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad. It just means that some foods can provide more vitamins and minerals than others. And that's okay. That's something that that's true for many things in life. Not everything is a cookie cutter. And, you know, I guess pun intended. And I think all too often we we just have that black and white thinking when it comes to food. And, and that all or nothing or black and white way of, of thought can really limit us in our approach to, to how we fuel ourselves. And also... Not everything you eat needs to be unprocessed and quote unquote pure. I mean, 
for fuck's sake. Like, I find that this word processed is another word that is being thrown around a lot lately in the health and wellness industry because once again, let's label things. And every food, when you think about it, has some level of processing from picking an apple from a tree. That's a process. You're, you're harvesting that to harvesting vegetables and rice from rice patties to the more, more processed crackers, maybe that you might enjoy eating with your homemade or, or hell canned, God forbid, canned soup. And, you know, instead try thinking of foods as close to the source as possible full stop. So instead of saying, ah, you know, my diet definitely has more processed food and thinking of it in terms of a negative thing, just think, Hey, okay, cool. I'm eating maybe some sweetened applesauce and maybe I just want to cut a little bit of like sweetening out of my diet just because, you know, I notice it kind of makes my energy crash a little bit. Great. Then get, get freaking unsweetened applesauce and like, stop it at that. Let's not, let's not, split hairs over this thing. Um, and I will say I do use the word processed foods in terms of comparing to more whole foods. And I don't mean whole foods by like whole paycheck, you know, by the grocery store, but I mean whole foods in terms of foods that might just have, you know, again, like the example that I, I offered earlier, like, Hey, an apple, you know, sure. It's technically processed because you're picking the apple, but it's going to be less processed than, you know, the crackers maybe that you're enjoying. And that's not to say that one is better than the other, but there's a balance and, you know, and having a little bit more of a balance in things and how you approach your food can really be beneficial for you and for your health ultimately, because, here's my gig. You know, words are extremely powerful, especially when it involves something so personal as your food choice. You know, think about it. Food is also one of the most powerful things we do for our own health and well-being. Making, making a meal and cooking and feeding yourself is one of the most personal choices and things that you do for yourself in your day-to-day life. I mean, this is something you literally do every day. If you have that fortune of being able to feed yourself every day freely, this is something that you have a choice and deciding factor on day in and day out. And it's, it's not only a way of eating, you know, it is a way of living and experiencing even your own culture and, and your history as a human you know, food is, is really what gathers us around tables, pandemic or not. And it's, it's something that brings us together through a sense of belonging with our friends. I mean, look at the common phrase of breaking bread with friends. You know, food is something that literally connects you to others as well as connects you to yourself. You know, especially when you're thinking about your culture and in your, your personal influence and meals that maybe you've learned from your parents or whomever raised you or people that you've been around and have spent a lot of time around in your life, those people have influenced how and what you eat, whether you recognize it or not. And, you know, another thing to keep in mind here is that the dose is what makes the poison. Ultimately, the dose is everything. There is a big ass difference between eating an entire bar of chocolate, for example, versus having a few squares. Don't you think so? And, you know, this isn't my opinion. It's just scientific fact in terms of just the dose is what makes the poison. Whether you appreciate artificial sugars or you appreciate real sugars 
or you appreciate a good <laughs> a good tequila or maybe you know maybe you're straight edge and you don't drink any alcohol but maybe you enjoy like some kombucha or something like that it doesn't matter what it is it's just a matter of okay how frequently do you eat it or drink it and how big is that is that dose basically that you're getting and you know all of this being said real quick i do want to i do want to press pause and just talk about how privilege has really infiltrated the wellness industry and by that you know i do mean um i do mean that we don't all have the luxury of eating what we might be what might be best for our health and and I think sometimes this is this is forgotten by folks who come from a very comfortable way of living. You know, they don't maybe need to think about their grocery bill. Maybe that's you. Do you need to think about your grocery bill? Do you need to do you pause and and think about, "Ooh, I can only afford two avocados instead of five today this week." Or I can I can only get I need to get the generic of this versus, you know, the brand name or whatever, quote unquote. Um think about that because if if this is or isn't you, then that's going to be a deciding factor on what you can actually afford at the grocery store. And while I'd love to say that, hey, Whole Foods, you know, uh, like vegetables and fruits, they're really, really cheap and and whatnot. Honestly, when you price compare, stuff is actually not as cheap as you think it is. It's just a matter of you being comfortable with spending what you need to to get the food that you need to because you don't need to think about it because you you can afford it. You don't have to contemplate and pause and think about, ooh, uh, you know, maybe I can't get that for my family this week. Um, and I think there's an obscene amount of privilege that goes into food choices. And, and we need to remind ourselves of that because not all of us have the same access or the same choices to make, you know, whether it's financially, like I mentioned earlier, or, you know, hell, how close okay pause real quick and i want you to think about how close is your grocery store to you now of course if you live out in bfe and you live more in the country in the woods you know i don't want to say woods but you know if you live away from an urban center then yeah okay naturally you selected that uh place to live but all knowing that you might have to drive like 45 minutes to get to the grocery store or 30 minutes to get to the grocery store. So not including, you know, even those type of scenarios, but if you maybe live in an urban setting, but it isn't, hmm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's just not a white centered urban setting. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, chances are there's not really a grocery store probably that's right around the corner or even just a few blocks away. I can tell you for me, I have a grocery store. I have Oh God, uh, let me think about it. I have at least three grocery stores that are within a five to 10 minute drive from my house. You know, I choose to go to one that's actually downtown near the gym that I coach at uh, part-time during the week just because that particular particular grocery store has, you know, what I need and all this other stuff. But, you know, I have that luxury of choosing what grocery store I have because I have a form of transportation. I have a car. And I can take that wherever I want. Not everyone has a car. 
That's another thing people are forgetting about when they talk about all this bullshit about what, you know, don't eat the Doritos, don't eat the Cheetos, don't eat the cheese puffs or whatever the hell they're saying because those are bad things. They're going to give you cancer. They're going to, whatever. They're going to cause obesity. That We're like addicted to sugar. I mean, whatever those bullshit line is that people are giving themselves to make themselves feel fucking more superior than other people. I warned you this is not suitable for work, right? But it's a superiority complex. All of this crap boils down to superiority complex because of other bullshit that people have fed you throughout your life of whether something is good or bad, or, you know, especially if you were born in the 70s or 80s, because that was definitely the time of, you know, leggings uh, and leg warmers and headbands and Jane Fonda. Nothing against Jane Fonda, love her to pieces, but that's the type of culture that we come from is the thigh masters, is the getting smaller, getting thinner, getting yourself as small as you possibly can to put yourself in this tiny little box that society wants you to be in because God forbid you might be obese or you might have a little extra weight that you might need to lose, but you can still have really good health markers. That's the thing that these folks aren't understanding in the wellness industry is you can still have incredibly good health markers. And by health markers, I mean blood work and you can have really good blood pressure and probably lower blood pressure than I have right now by doing this podcast episode. Um, and you know, you can still have good healthy markers in terms of your health, but you might, you might feel like you have a few pounds to lose. And that's because Maybe your clothing is a little bit tighter, or maybe it's just because of expectations you've set on yourself. But anyways, regardless, I diverge. Um, but I want us to think about, you know, do you have access to a grocery store? Are you in a food desert? Do you need, do you have transportation to get to and from the, that grocery store? Or do you maybe need to take a bus? This is a common thing, or this is something I, I see very often because I think folks don't understand pandemic or not. I will say during the pandemic, some bus uh, I don't even know what you want to call them, like, uh, public transportation, you know, not groups. Oh man, of course I'm like failing for words here. This is when I wish I took notes. Uh, but some, you know, public transportation during the pandemic, they actually had to limit how many bags and things like that. And even, even not during the pandemic, you know, even now, uh, well, we're still in a pandemic, but you know what I mean? a lot of public transportation does limit how many bags you can bring on, whether it's a train or a bus or things like that, because they need to allow enough room for other people to be able to, to load onto the bus. And sometimes they have to limit to groceries bags to like two bags. I mean, two, two, two fucking bags. If you have a family you're and you're having to take a bus, think about the time investment in getting on that bus, getting to the actual grocery store, And then, I mean, chances are like some people I know they have to take two buses to get to their grocery store. So you have two buses. That's at least probably 30 minutes to get there. Then you're grocery shopping for at least 30 minutes. Then another bus ride or two, 30 other minutes. So that's an hour and a half of grocery shopping just because you don't have a mode of transportation. Not to mention you have to walk your ass from that bus stop to wherever you're living. And you're still limited to two bags. So yeah, tell that person that they need to eat all fruits and vegetables and only protein sourced naturally. Yeah, tell that to them. So anyways, again, I think there's a lot of privilege when it comes to food that sometimes we're not thinking because guess what? We're in our own little world and we think that everything is like how we experience life and it's just not, you know, and there, and there isn't, 
there isn't really any attempt to try to make people, I'm not trying to make you feel better about your food choices, basically. I'm just trying to bring awareness to how your relationship is with food in the, in today's episode. And I will say that after I've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks on social media, you know, I've had some, some current clients and, and former clients reach out to me in the DMs and just talk about how, you know, my approach to food has, has helped them over the years. And they've shared how orthorexia nervosa, which I should probably go ahead and define right now in case you're wondering when I say orthorexic or things like that. Orthorexia nervosa, nervosa, hard with words today, is an eating disorder focused on basically an unhealthy type of an obsession with eating healthy foods. So you're priding yourself on eating clean, quote unquote, or you're priding yourself on hardly having any snacks or no snacks at all, or you're not, you never eat processed foods. Processed foods never passed your lips. Oh my gosh. So it's, it's basically that bullshit. Um, and I will say like full disclosure, I have definitely had orthorexic tendencies in my history because I did follow clean eating as kind of a, a way of life in terms of just a philosophy and, and quote unquote lifestyle. Um, because that was definitely a way of, of eating that was very popular in like, you know, the bodybuilding world and things like that years ago. Uh, and still pretty much is to this day, but it can definitely be common, especially I find in the, in the health and wellness industry. So anyways, back to what I was saying. In the DMs, I really do appreciate a lot of you, uh, whether it's former or current clients, sharing how orthorexia nervosa has impacted your lives over the years. And I'm thankful to all of you who've reached out to me recently and explained how your new approach to food has finally helped like lift a veil from your past relationship on how and what you eat. And I, I just want to say I truly appreciate you all for being vulnerable with me. And, and it really does mean the world to me. Uh, I mean, some of you, I call, I call my friends, um, because I've known you for years and I seriously, I love each and each of you for reaching out to me to share your experience with me. And you know who you are. Of, of course, not going to call you out, uh, on this episode, but, but just, just know, I, I appreciate you and you're heard. And I, I thank you endlessly. Um, now, again, keep in mind, I want to say this again, I want to say this twice in this episode today, keep in mind that, that this is not an invitation for you to eat everything and anything all the time. Instead, this is really a chance for you to think about your relationship with food. Again, this is a chance for you to think about your relationship with food. Who has influenced your relationship with food over the years? You know, uh, ask yourself, how, how has that relationship evolved since childhood? What are your thoughts now on food and treats and other drinks that you might enjoy? Instead, this episode is an invitation to examine why you place blame on what you eat or drink. Take the time to pause and reflect on how you eat and drink too. Do you eat when you're hungry? Um, do you have a tendency to, to, I don't know, rush through your meals, maybe not acknowledging when you're full or you're satisfied? And do you, do you tend to clean your plate hundred percent of the time out of the, just the simple urge to do so? You know, perhaps there might be even some food insecurity present now or in, or in your past, you know, maybe you grew up on, on food stamps, uh, and perhaps you tend to have a scarcity mindset 
around food, thinking of it in terms of being fleeting and, and temporary, instead of thinking about food as being a little bit more abundant, you know, compared to those people that maybe need to decide, oh, can I afford, you know, two avocados or five avocados? And I'm only choosing avocados because I freaking love them and they're, they can be expensive. Um, another thing to ask is, you know, do you eat distracted? by technology for most of your meals. Hashtag scroll life. <laughs> and it's not, again, these are not good or bad things, but think about how you eat and not necessarily what you eat and drink, but also how you eat or drink, because that can also dictate and really shed a light on your relationship with food. A uh, couple more questions to, you know, is uh, thinking about, do you mostly eat foods that make you feel good and more vibrant, or do they leave you, you know, more tired and groggy? And do you savor your meals, especially especially when you do enjoy some treats or drinks? Um, and, and this is a question I, I like to ask myself and have my clients ask themselves. When you pull up your seat to the table to eat, are you present with that meal and those that you're eating with? Especially you know if you're eating with kids and loved ones in your life, ask yourself, how present are you with that meal? Do you have the luxury to be a little bit more present with that meal? Maybe slow your roll a little bit and eat a little bit more slowly and just chew more thoroughly. So think about, think about how you eat because again, your relationship with food says a lot about how you may view food. And if you find that you're a bit obsessive or you find that you may have a little bit more of an extreme approach to eating and food in general, then, then really working through it with, honestly, with a mental health professional really could help provide you with some crucial things to consider so you can do the hard work. But I will also say alternatively, if you find your viewpoints on food and your relationship with food might be a bit more focused on, you know, maybe a bit focused rather on um, morality of good versus bad, then try adding in what I call preemptive treats. These are basically foods or drinks that you enjoy and they likely don't make you feel like shit and tink your energy either. And and I find that introducing these preemptive treats into your meals can really help offset some cravings that you might experience and they can also help you explore and manage your relationship with foods ultimately. You know, and this is this is generally done through a form of exposure therapy to some degree. And you know, by exposing yourself to smaller doses, again, the, po- the dose is what makes the poison, but by exposing yourself to, to those smaller doses of these preemptive treats, you can see how there isn't really a need for scarcity around these foods. And you can explore how even a little bit of these treats can satisfy yourself without eating a whole damn bag of treats, you know, wink, wink, <laughs> because I'll give you an example. I love chocolate. I love dark chocolate. I'm very particular about my chocolate. I do I do love Chocolate Love. Chocolate Love is a great brand. Uh, shout out to them. I am not paid for this, by the way. I Believe me, I pay for my chocolate. I pay for all my food. Um, but I, I do love chocolate. I particularly love dark chocolate. I do like the bitterness of it. I don't tend to like milk chocolate. It just kind of makes me feel a little bit weird afterwards. So I, I opt to have dark chocolate. But I will say, as much as I love eating dark chocolate, eating an entire bar of chocolate love does not make me feel so great. Like I haven't eaten a whole bar. 
Uh, actually, I haven't eaten a whole bar really probably since I was a kid, you know, and that was like Hershey's. That was definitely milk chocolate. Uh, so no wonder I felt like shit. <laughs> but, you know, I, instead of eating the whole bar, I like to have a little bit, you know, like after dinner, I'll have a couple squares after dinner. That's fine. That's all I have. And I literally pop off the couple squares, you know, and usually I'll be honest, I go back to the couch, finish watching whatever on Netflix or Apple TV. I've been watching uh, the morning show, been on a kick watching the morning show on Apple TV. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll have that after dinner and that's kind of what I, what I do, you know, and I'm okay with that. I don't find like I need to have more of the chocolate because here's the thing. If I can satisfy that by having a little bit of chocolate, there, there shouldn't be a need to have more. Like there, if it's not an emotionally driven decision, I won't really necessarily have the need to have more. Okay. So, you know, I might have a couple pieces of chocolate after dinner, or I also include some chocolate chips in my Kodiak cakes in the morning at breakfast. And at lunch, I usually also, this is not chocolate, but at lunch, I, I do like to have a little bit of crunch. So texture is really important for me. And I usually have them through like some veggie chips or I don't know, something that's just crunchy, right? And these are small doses of some things that bring me joy, but they're not the main focus of my meal. So instead of them being the main focus, they're the accompaniment. accompaniment. <laughs> I can't say the words tonight. Um, but they're just kind of the thing that is joining the meal in the ensemble. Um the main parts of my meals also bring me joy. Don't get, don't get me wrong. They, they definitely bring me joy such as, you know, delicious blueberries and apples. I freaking love those fruits. Those are like my favorite fruits. And I won't go into the argument of whether they're a fruit or a vegetable because they have seeds or not, but I'm just going to classify them as fruits. <laughs> uh, and of course other fruits, you know, I'm from Florida originally, don't hold it against me, but I love citrus fruits as well. And these things, however, make me feel good. And I don't overthink my meals. I really simply think about what I have planned for the day and or the week if I have a race coming up or a large event and I build my meals based off of that. And I know that 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 is a whole other topic, but this at least gives you an idea of what I do for my preemptive treats. That way you can kind of see how I make them work for me and maybe you, you can think about how they might work for you. The key here is when you enjoy your preemptive treats, I want you to savor them savor the shit out of them. Truly savor them and chew them completely. Make it a freaking experience. You know, that's that slice of pie from your grandma or your aunt isn't going anywhere. You can, except in your stomach, you can savor it. It's just a slice of pie. And maybe you might even notice that while you're eating that slice of pie, especially if it's a hearty slice, maybe you won't even want the whole damn slice. And that's fine. Push the plate away. This is why savoring food is incredibly important. This is why how you're eating is almost just as important as what you're eating. And I want you to give yourself a break as you enjoy the preemptive treat. Recognize that you aren't going off the rails or breaking every, I don't know, unwritten food law in creation. By the way, there's no food laws. You're not, you're not ruining everything. Remember, it's all about the dose, okay? And while I talk about preemptive treats, I do want to, I do want to actually send out a huge shout out to, to Jill Coleman, who, you know, I've worked with her for quite a few years now 
And recently she led me through her Moderation 365 certificate program earlier this year. And I, I specifically sought this program because she has an excellent way of teaching methods such as these, such as preemptive treats. I will say like FYI, she does call it preemptive cheats in her program, but I I try to leave the word cheat off of my clients' radars since honestly, it's not like you're cheating on anything by having some damn treats, okay? And it, that is not to disrespect Jill by any means. Preemptive cheats is totally what works for her and it works for our clients because again, we're trying to make a positive out of something that may be historically thought of as negative in terms of cheats and, and treats and things like that, okay? But this week, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Um, so this week, I, I really want to invite you to think about your relationship to food. Ask yourself what your thoughts are on some foods and how you eat them. You know, do you find, I don't know, do you find that you eat out of boredom or just because uh, the candy dish is around you at work? <laughs> you know, hello Halloween that is coming up soon uh, and the holidays that are also coming up soon. Then ask yourself, what are some foods you'd like to have as preemptive treats? You know, maybe a bit of chocolate after dinner like me, or maybe something sweet with your snack or lunch. Then introduce a little bit of these foods or drinks into your day in one meal and just see how it feels. Sit with that. See how it makes you feel afterwards and if you're able to just have a little bit of these treats without really going completely off the rails. Because... Ultimately, pausing and reflecting on what your relationship is with food, as well as why and how you're eating, is really crucial in developing your own approach to food. Because your food, it's it's your food, and it's your food alone. And let's not taint it with what Karen, the online trainer or coach or hormone specialist, thinks about your eating and what that person, and no offense against all the Karens listening in the world, uh, I, I hate that, you know, your name was the one selected for for the folks who, you know, call managers and I don't know, just everything negative, right? Um, but, you know, Karen doesn't dictate what or how you eat. You do. And last but not least, be fucking gentle with yourself. Give yourself some grace. If your dog just died or you lost someone dear in your life, then reaching for food is a natural response. It's, it's a way for you to have control over some aspect of your life when things feel like they are just going, they're spiraling out of control, basically. The key here is to recognize what you're doing and don't fucking beat yourself up over it. You know, pause and think about some ways you, you can eat some food that makes you feel more amazing and maybe not like shit all the time. And like I said earlier, you know, you can eat anything and everything you want when it comes to foods that you may identify more as treats, but maybe just don't eat all of the food at once or in every single meal, every single day, because remember, it's the dose that makes the poison here. And I think we need to give ourselves a little bit more grace while you're trying to maybe build up to eating more healthy, or you're trying to to go after having a healthier approach to food and maybe get your cholesterol down or your blood pressure down. And, and I can speak personally from that. Uh, I used to have high blood pressure because of stress in my, in my former career. And it's one of those things that, you know, this is very personal for me because I do have a history of cardiac, poor cardiac health in my family. Um, and, you know, I... I personally do take care uh, to select more healthful foods 
but that doesn't mean that 100% of my food is, is pure health and not processed or all whole foods. So, you know, just know that I do take this very personally. And I think that we all should take our, our approach to food more personally and make it more of your own. So using these points of reflection are going to be really key in helping you recognize what your particular relationship is with food, okay? And I invite you to explore some of these questions and, you know, reach out to me. Uh, drop a DM, reach out to me in Instagram at Shift Human Performance. It's, it's linked in the show notes. I'd love to hear what you what your thoughts are and what you what you discover over the next the next few weeks while you do this and, and you explore it, okay? I love you all, friends. I really appreciate your support. If you liked this episode and you found it helpful, please, please, please share it, rate it, and please subscribe. It really helps me get out to more and more people and reach more ears so we can stop this madness. Anyways, I hope you have a beautiful day and I will catch you next week. Bye.